1: hello my name is inigo montoya you killed my father prepare to die
2: live from joe's mom's basement it's the stacking benjamin show Joe's mom's neighbor Doug and are you prioritizing your time or your energy to help you with both today we welcome the author of anti-time management Richie Norton I wonder how he will feel about me prioritizing Grand Theft Auto in our headlines there's a hot new ETF on the market should you buy some we'll explain how it works plus we'll throw out the Haven lifeline to someone who's definitely from Australia and then I'll share some mysterious trivia And now, two guys who prioritize getting you both more time and more money, Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G!
0: Happy Wednesday, stackers, and good morning to you, Doug. How are you today, man? I'm super, Joe. We got Richie Norton here, who is uh, not only a phenomenal time management expert but he also is a surfer so right on dude yes we're gonna gonna ride this wave oh and there it comes the voice the magic voice across the card table Mr. OG's
1: here as well good morning my friend it's morning I was up way too late and I didn't get my sleep but oh boy do my best wait a minute you just
2: gave him all these props about his voice is there are there any is there any fan mail talking about og's voice like, oh, not, God, not, that no guy's voice. i'm just a, can not i once. be a fan can i
0: be a fan is it okay if i'm a fan
2: we all have our strange predilections so sure
0: big fan well we got a great show today we've got richie norton you know og it is uh almost the fourth quarter i was at my strategic coach class four, 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 yesterday four, four. and she's like it's i don't like, know if you like know this game but- where all the yeah. kids put their hands up. It's time to end the year on a bang. But but where did the beginning of the year go? I mean, I thought, isn't there supposed to be a beginning, a middle, a, and an end? I feel like we, we skipped the first two parts.
1: No, it sounded a lot like this.
0: Maybe for the stock market? Who knows?
2: <laughs> We've got... <laughs> We have some lovely parting gifts for you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and a set of steak knives 2022 as you go bye-bye.
1: If you can afford them.
0: We need, <laughs> we need a great end of the year to go out on a bank. So Richie Norton's going to help us take control of our time by not focusing on our time. Before that, lots of great headlines. But even before that, you know, guys, I was out washing my car. And while I'm washing my car, you know how your brain goes in random directions? Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk, performance is not guaranteed.
2: Isn't that amazing? Please don't share your mental thoughts with us anymore in
0: private it, places. It is fabulous. And the fact that you can click those links and help us keep podcasting is just amazing. We got a great show, Richie Norton coming down to the basement. But uh, before that, man, do we have a headline for you.
3: Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins Headlines.
0: Our headline today comes to us from Investment News. That's an industry rag for financial professionals. I like uh, OG going to this spot because of the fact that when I moved over from financial planning over to the media side, I noticed that the discussions financial planners are having and the discussions that the public are having are often two different things. And so to go to some of these industry publications from time to time for new listeners is uh, a lot of fun. You can see what the other side of the table's thinking about. This piece written by Jeff Benjamin Single stock ETFs take the field, but many yellow flags are falling. I love the Friday Night Lights reference there. Uh, Mr. Benjamin writes Welcome to the brave new world of single stock ETFs and all the fallout that comes with it. With the first batch of the latest ETF innovation, I would put ETF innovation OG in air quotes, uh, right. hitting the market in July, the wealth management space, including some regulators appears to have been caught flat-footed by the reality of funds offering such exposure to the great unwashed masses of investors. We'll get into that here in a second, but first, I think, OG, we should talk about a single-stock ETF. If I'm going to go buy my GameStop stock, I want to own my GameStop. Why would I buy a single-stock ETF instead of buying the real
1: deal? I can't see any reason that you would. It seems like the world's... Weirdest uh, solution to a problem that nobody has. Well, here's what happens.
0: The single stock ETFs, OG, actually are all, uh, for the most part, leveraged versions where, hey, you know where you could go buy an option and maybe leverage your money that way? Nope, we're going to do it much like the Wisdom Tree ETFs, where we can 2X, 3X, up or down the S&P 500, let's say or the NASDAQ, or one of the other indexes. This is now the same thing for individual stocks.
1: Sounds dumb.
0: Nate Jirasi, president of the ETF store, says the people who should be using these ETFs are sophisticated traders, and the vast majority of investors shouldn't even be thinking about touching them.
1: I would argue that even sophisticated investors shouldn't have anything to do with it. I can't imagine that this is economically sound as it relates to a cost structure, relative to you know like you said if you if you want to have leverage in your portfolio you can do it with your own trading or 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 you know margin or whatever you want to do this seems like a pretty pretty sophisticated way for the fine folks at whoever created this you know this idea to part you from your money and give it to them
0: right around the same time the securities exchange commission was approving the first single stock etfs in mid-july SEC Commissioner Caroline Crenshaw published a memo warning of the potential harm to investors who might not understand the nuances of ETFs designed for active traders. Here's what she writes about, OG. She writes about for options on most platforms, you got to get special. Like if you go to a TD Ameritrade or you go to a a Schwab, you're going to have to get special approval to do options. Robinhood, whole different game. By the way, Robinhood, I think... Robinhood, you're in, you're in. Hey, let's trade options. Let's lose a bunch of money. But if I'm at a broker like a Schwab, I've got to fill out some things that prove that I might know what I'm talking about. The bad news is now it's an ETF. What she's worried about is some investors going to stumble into this thing and go, oh, look, I can buy GameStop as an ETF. I heard ETFs are safer, right? Somebody that just knows nothing about nothing, just enough to be dangerous. Hey, this is GameStop. Oh, I'm going to go buy my GameStop as an ETF because I heard that's safer than buying an individual stock.
1: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that this is going to uh, last a very long time. You know, as it relates to a product line or even, well, individual product or product line, uh, leverage ETFs, leveraged mutual funds are really designed for single day exposure. And what what most people don't understand when they're thinking about because arguably you could say, well, take the single stocks side of it out out of there. You could say, well, if the market goes up seventy percent of the time, why would I not want one hundred and fifty percent of seventy percent of the time? You know, why would I not want two times that? That I mean, yeah, there's a chance. You know, this year I lost my money and it sucks. But most of the time it goes up, so most of the time I should be profitable, right? Doesn't that kind of check with the math? And the problem is, is that These uh, leverage ETFs reset on a daily basis, so you don't carry over your gains from previous days or your losses in some cases. So so it's like literally a day-to-day decision. And because the way how that works, you can't hold it for more than a day. Well, you can, but you're not going to get the benefit of, you know, you can't invest on it on January 1st. On December 31st and go, oh, the S&P is up 10. Therefore, my leveraged S&P fund must be up 15 because it's going to take all those individual days. If there's a day in there that's really bad, you know, we just had one a week ago, that will wipe out, you know, days and days and days and weeks and weeks and maybe even months of potential gains because of one day, because you get one and a half times or two times or three times or whatever your number is. So, those products are really designed to be traded in the morning and sold before the close. And this is the same thing for these. Again, I can't see any reason why you'd want to do it. It's pure speculation. What, I yeah, mean, Let me give you some examples go to the casino. Wouldn't that be more fun? Like isn't playing <laughs> roulette or craps or blackjack like an <laughs> exponentially more fun way to spend 1500 bucks or like whatever you're about to put in this ETF.
0: It would totally be more fun. Let me give you some examples uh, from this piece. Uh, The AXS 1.5 times PYPL bear daily that invest in PayPal gives you inverse exposure to PayPal holdings where AXS 1.5 X PayPal bull daily offers leverage exposure to PayPal granite shares has a one X short Tesla daily TSLA, which gives you short exposure to Tesla. And of course they once again have 1.25 Tesla x long tesla daily uh also the apple bear apple bull so that's the type of thing that we're looking at here here's the yeah, thing so OGD- you're,
1: you're literally trading day to day you're going i think that apple's going to go down today therefore i'm going to buy this etf i will profit if apple goes down i think apple's going to go up today therefore i buy this and i get one and a half x of whatever apple does but if you're wrong it goes the other way right so if you think it's going to go up a percent because earnings are coming out and it goes down 2%. Well, you really went down three because you get the wrong thing at the wrong time. It's just, this is crazy. We've got
0: regulators to your point, OG saying that these may not be along that long regulators swooping in all over the place. Many state regulators, they mentioned uh, Massachusetts here in the piece, but also talk about other States that are starting to, to, uh, to warn people and also to try to get these removed uh, so that people can't even buy them, but, but but here's my question: Do we need the regulator to take care of that? I mean, truly. On one hand, I can see that, um, and this may get to the bigger question that you know that we've had about uh, about people getting into different types of investment now. That that we've had the rules around crowdfunding, right? That have kind of changed the game, where now we can buy pieces of things that we weren't able to buy pieces of before. So regulators kind of moving away, letting small investors do whatever they will do with their money, right? Do whatever they want. In this case-
1: Well, there's some personal responsibility, 100%. You know, I agree with that. But like you said, Joe, there are a whole bunch of people, in fact, probably the vast majority of people who don't have a lot of financial prowess or financial education, and they hear the buzzwords, right? You hear, like you said, the ETF, or you hear- passive or something like that. And you go, oh, that's what I should do. And I, my buddy said Tesla's good. I heard that. So I'll just do this Tesla thing. And it turns out to be, you know, obviously a really wrong fit. There's no use for this type of product in the marketplace. This is the marketing department going, what do you think we can charge for this? You know, and somebody, just somebody drawn it up and going, I think we can get a hundred million dollars in this thing's pretty quick before they wise up to it. You know, these
0: things are also creating chaos in the stock market. OG a piece from Yahoo finance written by Sam Potter says leveraged DTFs added to stock chaos of 15.5 billion in selling. It seems like lately what's been happening is these leveraged DTFs, they settle up at the end of the day, right? So a lot of these people that are looking for that one day shot, when they see which way it's going about 20 minutes before, knowing that the ETF's going to reset at the end of the day, start making all kinds of crazy moves. And so the last 20 minutes of trading sessions throughout the summer have become increasingly volatile as they say that a lot of these, uh, this new day trader movement, uh, which started with the pandemic, these people are just looking for swings. They don't care which way it swings. They're just looking
1: for swings but that's such an insignificant amount of trading traders that they don't need to have a special product for it. Agreed, but we
0: saw, you know, those traders moving GameStop and Bed Bath and Beyond earlier.
1: Yeah. But they weren't the small traders moving Bed Bath and Beyond and GameStop. It
0: was it was the big ones lumping on.
1: I think so. Yeah.
2: Yeah, every time you guys say regulate, I've just been laughing the whole time you've been talking about this because you keep talking about regulators and all I can think of is Warren G and regulators. And then what makes me laugh is I'm just thinking of Bert from Sesame Street. Have you guys seen that YouTube where on the YouTube machine where, where somebody overdubbed regulators
0: with Sesame Street characters? No, but I'm just going to go out on a limb, Doug, and say that I think that SEC commissioners probably look more like Bert than Warren G. Oh yeah, just gonna gonna go (laughs) go out a limb. Sadly, by the way, sadly.
2: Oh, there's it's it is so worth everybody's time to go to go look that up. Sesame Street Warren G regulators. Oh God, it's great. You just (laughs) you can't be any geek off the street. You got to be handy with the steel. You know what I mean? You're a regulator.
0: We will. You know what we'll do? We'll put that in the two hundred one our newsletter, which everybody should be getting. Our newsletter has uh, a higher open rate than any of the personal finance uh, newsletters that I follow, and I'm super. Is that ex- like an official stat? Yes. <laughs> of- <laughs> we have a higher <laughs> open rate. The- <laughs> Actually, it was funny. I was at FinCon and I was talking to some people, and they're like, "Yeah, nobody opens my email. Nobody opens ours." And I'm like. Uh forty seven percent of people opened our last one. And we send one out and they're like, Well, how often you probably send one a quarter. I'm like, we send two a week. Really? You email people that much and they open it? Yes, because it's really freaking good. Brooke Miller does a great job by the way. I'd love for one of us three door Subscribers to take- are me and Doug
1: and we rotate.
0: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <laughs> Who opens?
1: Dude, it's your turn. <laughs>
2: That's exactly. God, is it Wednesday already? <laughs> I just opened
0: it. It's your it. turn to open. com slash 201, and you'll get to see a Warren G. We'll get dinged by YouTube if we play it here, so I think we'll, we'll have to let it go this time. Hey, coming up next is uh, Richie Norton. Richie is one of my favorite people to talk to, and this guy has just a huge following. Speaking of book tour, Richie Norton had one of those book tours. <laughs> You know, we were averaging thirty-five-ish uh, people in the room per night, and Richie went on a book tour and was averaging several hundred people in the room wherever he went. So, feeling a little uh, jealous of, of of Mr. Norton, but who is he? He's award-winning author, serial entrepreneur. He has created several different companies, and what he found was that time management was really, really important to him. And he found out in the worst way possible, which I'm definitely going to ask him about. And if you're lucky enough that you haven't had something bad happen to you where you had to wake up, well, hopefully today, Richie and I can help you use his experience so that you don't, uh, you don't get the wake up call in just the worst way, but, uh, time to manage your time differently, I think. But Doug, before we get to Richie, I think you got some trivia for us? I do, Joe.
2: Hey there, Stackers! I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and today in 1937, The Hobbit was released. It's hard to believe J.R.R. Tolkien invented Bilbo Baggins without the internet or, you know, like hallucinogenics. <laughs> Mordor could have been the result of a few bad mushrooms, that's all I'm saying. Speaking of ancient lands, there was an archaeological treasure you're not going to believe was privately owned as recently as 1915. It was purchased at auction. Was it Stonehenge, the Sphinx, or the heads of Easter Island? I'll be back right after I go shine my ring.
0: Well, you know, when I think about Navy Federal, I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country. And I also think about some of our active service members. I want to say a special shout out to uh, my nephews, Colin and Nathan, who are both in the Navy. Colin is stationed outside Seattle, Washington on a submarine. And my nephew, Nathan, is in South Africa as an air traffic controller. And in Military Appreciation Month, Navy Federal Credit Union wants you also to celebrate members, many of whom go above and beyond. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members and help them reach their goals. It's all branches of the military. Veterans, DOD employees, and their family are eligible for Navy Federal membership. They offer 24-7 help from their U.S.-based member service. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see all of their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender. When you become a member of Navy Federal Credit Union, life gets better. You know, buying a car is seldom easy. And it's so hard lately, isn't it? There's so many difficulties when trying to buy a car. Stomaching the cost of the car, dealing with uh, sellers that don't want to budge. That's why... Navy Federal has created a fully loaded car buying experience so you can finance, buy, protect, and enjoy your auto purchase all from one convenient place, making it so much easier. They have pre-approval. It's good for 90 days, so you know what you can afford while you shop. They offer great auto loan rates. You can shop for new and used cars with Navy Federal's car buying service powered by TrueCar, something I've used myself and have saved thousands of dollars using that. It's amazing. You can also get exclusive member savings with Carfax, Sirius XM, and more. They're always available with 24-7 member service representatives to answer any questions. Learn more at NavyFederal.org slash car Credit and collateral subject to approval. Navy Federal Credit Unions federally insured by NCUA.
2: Hey there, stackers. I'm Hobbit, smell alike, and Indiana Jones of this basement, Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. In September of 1915, this landmark went up for auction and was purchased by Sir Cecil Herbert Edward Chubb, a name about which I assure you I have no joke to make. It was assigned the name Lot 15 and sold for 6,600 pounds. So, which archaeological treasure was privately owned as recently as 1915? Stonehenge. And now, to help you focus your energy, whether you want to get ahead in your career or reclaiming the ancient home of 12 dwarves, let's say hello to Richie Norton.
0: Richie Norton joins me. How are you, man? I'm
3: so good. This is going to be so much
0: fun. (laughs) It it is going to be fun. The second that you said you could do this, I was like, oh, we're going to have a blast. I told our showrunner, Brooke, I'm like, this is going to be great.
3: Ah, so nice of you. (laughs) Well,
0: I'm all about reclaiming my time, and I think this idea of trading hours for time is kind of outdated but for you i gotta think anybody that's working on a project like this richie this isn't like hey let's do a book about anti-time management like there's got to be a reason i'm thinking that you must have tried it some of the traditional ways and it just didn't work
3: well that's for sure i'll take you way back when when i was 16 years old i told my dad that i wanted a job in the summer and my dad, he's an entrepreneur. He's like, "You don't want a job." I'm like, "What? Like worst dad ever? Why would you? What dad <laughs> no. tells their kid not to get a job?" I was like, "It's like lazier. not what you, you. Be lazier. Yeah, <laughs> that's not what you do." And he's, I'm like, "Yeah, but I want to make money you know, I want to spend my own money. I want to do my own thing." And I'm from San Diego. He says, "Go to El Centro and ask the watermelon farmers if you can buy their irregular size watermelons from them. What at a, at a discount." because he knew somehow that they can't sell them to the grocery stores. And so they just have them. And so I'm like, okay. So me and my brother who was 14, we got in like the family van, took out the car seats, buy them. My dad gave us some seed money and we filled up the van with these watermelons. We sold them on the 4th of July, set up a little table at the park. Basically just called all of our friends' parents and said, you know, will you, will you buy these watermelons? They're, they look weird, but they're really big and they're delicious. <laughs> Anyways, I made more money in one day then I would have made the entire summer working minimum wage.
1: Whoa. And
3: it, it changed the way I thought. He didn't have to teach me anything. He has told me this is a way, it was a way I didn't know existed. So it changed the way of everything. And you know, over time, I don't know, I'm not always thinking about this watermelon story, but I'm like <laughs> looking back at like, where did I get these ideas? But you know, when I first got married, I'm like looking around at successful people and I'm asking them about how do you balance your time? And and at the end of the day, they were saying, you, you don't. Even very wealthy people, millionaires, some, some billionaires I happen to meet, you can't. And I realized that they would sacrifice their family while telling themselves they were doing it for their family. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. That sounds like a, a road to tragedy. And over my short time, just trying to put some ideas into place, uh, my my brother-in-law passed away at the age of 21 in his sleep. And it was... it it shook us. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like in addition to all the the sadness, I was like, you know what? You don't necessarily live till you're 65. And you don't necessarily get to spend all your time working to one day live that dream. A few years later, my my son passed away. He caught pertussis, my fourth son. When he passed, my wife and I are just like, this is too much. You know, her brother passes away. My son passes away. I was like, what are we working for anyways? What are we working for anyways? And then... Some other things happened. We had some foster kids come into our lives. We were going to adopt them. We had them for two years. They went back to bio mom, which is wonderful for her, but also a, there was a reason, you know, so it was a very scary situation. And the pain of losing, uh, those children was, was so much. In fact, at one point, we don't know if this is directly related, but my wife had a a stroke and she lost her memory. Mm. And fortunately it came back, but now I'm like, people I love are dying. People I love are leaving. Uh, my wife's losing her memory. And later my son gets hit by a car crossing, one of my other sons crossing the street. And I was like, he's okay. But when all this stuff happens, anyone who's experienced any kind of tragedy, no matter how small the pain, they realize real quick, I'm not working for the sake of working. I'm working for something else. So to kind of sum it up, I wrote this other book called The Power of Starting Something Stupid, and it was about embracing these ideas and letting them do their thing. And what I realized is people would start these stupid ideas and they'd be successful only to realize it wasn't what they actually wanted. They wanted what they thought would come from the success of doing that thing. So anti-time management, to answer your question, addresses that issue. How do you bake in freedom from the start? If you bake a cake without sugar, it's not going to suddenly be sweet. You have to do the work with the values from the start.
0: It's funny. It reminds me of your whole book reminds me, by the way, Richie, of Stephen Covey and Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And, you know, begin with the end in mind, right? I mean, we build these, we build these traps for ourselves. You talk a little bit about, you You got this little section in the book about these, you know, billionaires that have, uh, th- yep. th- that are just trapped. They have no time, no energy because they're constantly feeding the beast that they built for themselves, this trap they built.
3: It's true. And Stephen Covey's a mentor of mine, by the way, uh, before he passed. And uh, Stephen M. R. Covey, his son, you know, and, and endorsed That's this so book. Great. You know, yeah, yeah, you know these guys too. Okay, very good. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're amazing. But there's there's one thing that people don't talk about. When he says begin with the end in mind, he did not say begin with means in mind. And if you look at anyone setting goals, focusing on their strengths, and even heaven forbid, blasphemy, focusing on their habits you'll realize that these are means not ends they've made them ends unto themselves i'm saying look beyond goals look beyond habits look beyond strengths cuz those are tools that can be interchanged go to the where you really want to be and start from there literally start there from the start and then you'll know what tools what habits what means to use this is, this is an important distinction
0: oh absolutely well i feel like you i feel like you nail your thesis with the quote throughout the the book that each chapter but the quote that begins the entire book i want to read this for everybody and i'd like you to expand it for me this is uh i believe it's e cummings i rise in the morning torn between a desire to improve or save the world and a desire to enjoy or savor the world this makes it hard to play in the day like i'm like yes <laughs> i want to have fun and i want I to get ahead and how the hell do i make those two things meet
3: I mean, even today, you know, I, I live in Hawaii, so I, I literally can walk outside and, and walk on the beach and, and go surfing and walk my dog and do all these things. Now you're
0: just rubbing it in, just like, yeah. I'm just
3: rubbing it in. But then at the same time, it's like, but then I have to do all these other things and how should I spend my time? And, you know, and it's not just like, I, do, I don't want to do it if it's not fun, right? So there's a way to figure this out. But even if you're just like putting the time and, and doing the work, I just found in hundreds of interviews, that people will say they need more time, more education, more experience, and more money, only to find out that when they finally get there, years later, they still need more time, more education, more experience, and more money. And this is just too real. So the answer in in anti-time management is to begin with not just the end in mind, but beyond what you think the end is. In other words, Aristotle called it final cause. The idea of final cause is that there's four causes. You, you need this material, you need this, this design, you need this person or this agent to make it happen, and you eventually have the thing. Academics will use the example of a table. So they'll say, to make a table, you need wood, you need design, you need a person to make it, then you have a table. But if you were to ask yourself what the purpose of the table is, you might realize you don't need the table at all, and that you spent all your time building a table, all your money building a table when you could have done Uber Eats. When you could have gotten Thai food from the food truck across the street, you start realizing that your whole life, this is a metaphor, you start realizing that your whole life you spent your time doing things you thought you needed to do, but you never did. This is what we're talking about.
0: It's so powerful. And to show just how powerful it is, you have one more story to begin the book, which is this woman, uh, Sarah, uh, S-I-R-A-H. Can you tell us about her?
3: Yeah. Sarah is amazing. Her, Her rapper name is Syrah. I met her when I was giving a TEDx talk in Moldova. I was also there with USAID speaking to entrepreneurs or would be entrepreneurs. She shows up to speak at TEDx, and I'm just like, What's your story? She's a Grammy award winning rapper. And I'm like, How'd you do this? She explains that I'm not going to give it justice because it's so impactful. She had a a rough childhood. Her dad was constantly on drugs. She was selling her toys to get money so that her dad could buy more drugs her Her dad passes away of, of what I believe is a, an overdose. She ends up homeless at some point. you know she's has these horrible experiences raped, you know just 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 all the things you would never want to have happen. Then she has this voice in her head that tells her she needs to go become a rapper. And she goes to one of those places where you stand on stage and you rap. And if you're good, they, I guess they go, yeah. And if you're not, they boo you off the stage. She got booed off the stage. I think it was, she did every Thursday. She got booed, booed, booed. And
0: for most of us, by the way, not to cut you off, Richie, right there, but I just want people as they're hearing this to hear kind of what I was thinking. This is where most of us quit, right? This is where most of us go. Yeah, I'm done. I'm out.
3: I'm out. And also what's really interesting is where most of us go too. is, okay, let's just think of, we're all in different situations But for many people, the path to become an artist or to become a professional is to go to school. I'm not saying school is not good. I'm saying she didn't have the opportunity to go do these recitals, to to have a chart that said you're going to do this and then that and then this, and then you're going to get a gold star. She had to become it before she became it. She made those Thursdays her school, really. There you go. And people started coming out of the woodwork to help her. So someone said, hey – what are you doing? This is this is like silly. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, what do you mean?" And we'll we'll teach you how to rap. And they taught her. over time. She eventually figured it out. She started meeting people, started getting on different stages, started in different different gigs, and she eventually won a Grammy award. So the idea was, it's not I will, it's I am, and that's a real thing, because what I what I sometimes do is I think of the juxtaposition of of a boss in a corner office. With the room dark, with dark glasses on, playing solitaire every day for 20 years, waiting to be promoted because that is the other option.
0: Oh, Oh. yeah. Sitting in my office waiting for a 3%, 3% cost of living raise or,
3: yeah. 3% cost of living raise. When if you quit your job today, you'd probably get ten or twenty thousand dollars more instantly at at a new job, or or even more possibly if you start your own thing. So yes, that is time tipping. She'd either be dead on the street, sadly, or she would have remained homeless for who knows how long, or she could have stepped up. And the, some of these examples, mine, hers, others, they they could be considered extreme, but grief is grief. It's a tunnel, not a cave. And it's not about just like moving on and forgetting it. It's about moving forward, deciding who you want to be in the future and acting from that future, not endlessly toward it. Goals from the past, to me, goals you've already done. Goals from experience are tasks. Goals that are outside experience are growth. And that's where people are scared to play, but that's where you need to play If you want to tip time,
0: where do we begin though? Somebody sitting here listening to you and I right now, job one for them right now would be to do what?
3: I'll be super real. If you need money, focus on obviously making money, but this will become something that never ends. Even millionaires who have, who could have all the time in the world have decidedly made themselves strapped to a a swivel chair forever. So you got to prioritize based on your needs. If you are in a situation and everyone is, it's a choice. It's something you can think of. It's something you can think beyond. You can figure out how to get stuff done and have a dream. This is all real stuff. Ask yourself who you want to be in two years. Once you decide who you want to be, you'll know what to do. Because when you decide who you want to be in two years, you can actually find ways to become that person in six months and right now. The reason I say two years is because if you say 10 years, it's a really far distance. It's possible. It's possible. But you're more likely to get that 10-year dream in two years (laughs) or get that dream in 10 years by focusing on it in two years, one year, six months. The reason is because of this. Think about who you were 10 years ago. We're recording this in 2022. In 2012, who were you? You were a different person in a different place, different money situation, different work. Everything was different. You don't even want your 2012 goals anymore. That is what we're talking about. So to start, you break down to four parts. Personally, professionally, because money and meaning can go together. They don't have to be separate. People in my life play things that are exciting. And when you come up with your top four things, you create kind of a north star effect. You can make all your decisions from these things. Will it lead me closer to them? Does it make them happen? Or lead me further away? You need great projects around them. I'm going to do a project for money, a project for fun, a project with my family, a project for my personal stuff. And they stack. So one decision can impact them all at the same time. This isn't just philosophical, even though it sounds philosophical when I'm saying it. This is something you can actually do right now.
0: Well, that's what I'm thinking, Richie. I'm thinking this is very tactical because as you're talking, I'm trying to put this into a process and this is not about a better calendar. This is about blowing up your calendar and starting with those values and working backward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's,
3: there's a ways you can think about that. So I like to say sometimes um, a full calendar is an empty life. And people go, what? Well, because if you have an empty calendar, it means that everything's been handled. No one is more productive than a procrastinator with an impending deadline. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> i feel like you're looking at me are you looking at me <laughs> you're right
3: to your point if you're gonna fill your calendar up you might as well fill it up with the stuff you like and want to do not the stuff you feel like you have to do and don't like it because you can delegate outsource that stuff and you're like i really have to do it fine do that Everything that you put in that is your actual priority, because be, since we were kindergartners, we were taught that priorities last on a timeline, even though a priority means prior, to proceed, to proceed. It's, it's weird. It's just weird. So you do this calendar, and you fill it up with all this stuff you don't necessarily have to do, but you think you do, and you leave your actual values on the fringe. You can switch that, reverse it, and you go, well, I don't have enough time for that. You know what? That's the point. You will start crowding out distractions for the crap you don't have to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And do the things that actually matter because as a responsible person, you're going to get it done either way.
1: This
0: sounds like a big transition for some people. You know, people are naturally afraid. We're all afraid of change, which is funny because uh, this has been a constant my entire life, Richie, that I you know, I've had to lead teams and everybody's afraid of the one constant we know is coming, which is change. Right? Change is going to happen. But what do you say to these people that either say they're not ready or they're afraid to move?
3: I understand it. I'm scared every day. You know, I think we're all scared and it's not fun to be scared. But if you don't feel that little ting of scared, I mean, are you doing what you really want to do anyways? Or are you just going through the motions? And when you're prioritizing your family or personal values and these things first, the, the pain of it goes away. A mama bear will sacrifice her life for her cubs. If your dream is big enough, all the other stuff that you're scared of goes away. It doesn't go away, go away, but you're able to handle it because you're bigger than it. Your reason is bigger. Let me say it this way. People will constantly turn to time management to fix things, and it's weird Because time management, if you go into history, was never – it was actually – it's a design. It's a tool. It was never designed to give people freedom. It was designed specifically to measure every drop, blood, and sweat, and tears of, of workers. Management by definition means control. Man, manual, mono, to control by hand. It was actually a word to describe how to control horses, a manger where you go to feed the cattle. A manager is one letter away. This, this is work through management. So you go like, I'm not saying, like, you go, what, well, my, my company? Go, yeah, corporations are going to do what they're going to do. They've been doing it for 200 years, my friend. Oh, they want me to come back to the office. Of course they do. Why wouldn't they? Like, don't, don't be an idiot. <laughs> of course they do. <laughs> well, what are we going to do? So you get to decide what you want to do. That's the blessing because there are other jobs that don't require you to go in you get to choose.
0: What's very powerful about that is then it becomes the fear melts away because it, it you're more fearful of standing in place. Like all these things you're talking about, talking about your brother-in-law and your son and all yeah. of these things that have happened. Like if I don't design that life today, I should be more afraid of that. than you know what I mean? Of, of, about staying where I am and not taking advantage of that time. I want to ask you one more question here, which is I have a set of things that are my big four my spouse Cheryl might have four others. People I'm around might have their own. What if my outcomes don't jive with the people around me? Oh, I, I love no one's asked me that
3: question before. I love that question. And let's do it specifically. You can do it with a business partner or a significant other, but let's just say your spouse. Well, first of all, they think, oh, we have to be the exact same person. No, you're, you're different people. My wife loves Pilates. I want nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right? But if she understands my goals 100%, and I understand her goals 100%, even if they're different. In that way, we are on the same page. And there will be some cross up over, of course, but in that way, we are on the same page. I mean, imagine if you had someone in your life supporting you 100%, and you also supported them 100%, and you weren't talking about compromise, you're talking about thinking differently how can we do it all? You can't do it all. Well, what if we did X, Y, Z to make this bad thing not happen by next Tuesday? Well, let's start there. Like it's a different level of thinking and it requires that to do something different.
0: And how fun is it to help her get hers uh, while she's helping you get yours, like to be, you know, people with different dreams. But I mean, that that gives you a whole nother meta level of help. I want to end with this image, which is one that begins the third chapter of the book. And from here, by the way, guys, this is where Richie really starts to build the machine and shows you the tactics of working through how to do this reorganization that we're talking about. You say, build the castle, then the moat. And I love this imagery, but can you explain to everybody what the hell that means?
3: Yes, I can. If you've ever seen a castle on TV or in person, uh, many of them have this, this moat around it. So I'm using the castle and the moat the castle representing the dream, the lifestyle you want. The moat representing strategic and economic ways to support the castle or the dream. So what most people do, and most is with emphasis, they start with the moat, the work, dreaming of the castle, and they never get there. And by the way, that was by design of corporations. This is by design. They, this is on purpose. Now, I know it's a different world. In the 21st century but we're still thinking with these 20th century management philosophies so the idea is if you start with the castle and you build the dream and work from the dream not toward it from it you can create strategic and economic modes around it to support it so that your professional priorities support your personal ones which is a way better way than the way you're currently likely doing it sacrificing your personal priorities for your professional ones that's weird. Life's short.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And I and I think about some of the, you know, when you when you track public companies. And you track their stocks, what do you track? I mean some of the big things are are worker output right output per worker like how efficient workers are corporations want you to stay on the treadmill I mean that is the that's what we measure. we measure the treadmill and you're talking about getting off it, which I enjoy but so much because I don't know we're big fans of Vicky Robin here. I don't know if you're familiar with Vicky Robin, but this idea of trading time for money is is a trap and and it's very synergistic with what I think Richie what you're talking about. The book is Anti-Time Management, Reclaim Your Time and Revolutionize Your Results with the Power of Time Tipping. And I'm assuming it's available everywhere.
3: It's available everywhere. Grab it right now. I, it would mean the world to me. And honestly, this is a great interview. You made this so fun. Thank you, man. This is really good. How can I, really I appreciate not it?
0: have fun hanging out with Richie Norton? <laughs> I mean, that's my question, right? Thanks a lot, man.
3: No, so good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Hey, this is Lou Mangello
2: from WDW Radio, and now when I'm not at Walt Disney World or sharing my passion for Disney World or eating, I am stacking Benjamins.
0: Big thanks to Richie for sharing his story and OG oh, losing a child, losing family members. Such a difficult way to realize that you need to think about time differently. But I think for all of us, there's this wake-up moment where you're like, you know what? My enemy is not not having enough money my enemy is not having enough time.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it were all money, right. You know, you take a look at, uh, you know, pick, pick somebody, Jeff Bezos, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, you know, Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger here. Let's use Charlie Munger. Cause he's older. What is he? 98 years old. He's got however much billions and billions and billions of dollars. Anybody want to trade with him? Trade lives right now? Probably not. Right. Oh,
2: and become 98 years old. Yeah. Instantly.
1: Yeah. So what's more important? Time, right? Now you got to have money. You got to practice sound financial management over your life in order to like, kind of make that time less stressful for sure. But the pursuit of more and more and more and more and more, you know, it's a balancing act.
2: That's a good, would you rather question. Yeah. Usually the one Joe gives me is like, would you rather spend two hours in a dark closet with OG or... Go fishing. Or Yeah, or go fishing. But that's Most, I like that. It's tough. Would you rather have billions of dollars but be 99 years old? Not
1: a lot of people that would pick that.
0: I even think back to when I was really struggling and not even living paycheck to paycheck, living day by day with money. I even think then that if I had more time, if I, if I just had some time, I could think longer term where I can actually think about making some money to last versus thinking about my next meal. Cause when you think about your next meal, you're going about that in a different way than if you're building something. And I realized even then that I need to build something. So money still wasn't the enemy. Even then it was, it was time. So uh, very frustrating manager, manager, energy. Uh, big thanks to Richie Norton for coming down to the basement. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline, guys, and tackle some of life's most important questions. We talk about important questions. I think we just went through that. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, Doug, they put what you value first. You know, Joe, just a hug
2: and a nice long hug. and We could tell that the other person really means it and they're not just faking it like OG does. In a dark closet with OG In a dark- versus fishing. <laughs> But just you know, there's the sympathy hugs where you get the kind of the around the back pat pat. But sometimes you just want that that really good one, the long tender embrace. The long tender embrace.
0: The sympathy hug is like the the boss golf clap the bro hug. Yay! Yeah. Hey, the side hug. You little, yes, you're the not the a, you're hug. not a
1: bro hug guy. You're a holder. You like to linger on the hug. You're the uncomfortable. Well, it's hugger. all time
2: and place, situational, right? But I mean, once
1: in a while, you just need the that. waiters. Like, I get it. We're you're here every Thursday <laughs> afternoon for lunch. We're not that close,
0: dude. It's shrimp appetizer. Calm down. <laughs> don't have to hug me just because you got the larger beer. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, it's actually your loved ones in your time, but your loved ones in your time with a hug. I think Doug is a. Nice I don't think I was far sentiment. off. No, no, and you know what, Doug. That right there, that right there, that's why they pay buying quality term life insurance. Actually, simple. Hello. Head to stack sure. <laughs> head to steckybenjamins.com slash havenlife now for a free quote. Havenlife, they're committed to offering a modern way to buy life insurance. I just saw uh, our good friend Matt OG at FinCon from from Haven Life. Matt says hello. He also said that all their policies are issued by parent company Mass Mutual, more than a hundred and sixty-year-old insurer. You're not gonna have to wait several weeks for a decision. And that they have really awesome customer support. He said all that exactly the way I just said it It might not be true. But uh, we did talk about some cool things uh, that Haven Life's doing that we'll bring to these microphones in the next few weeks. But for now, let's bring to the microphone, the guy we're throwing out the lifeline to today, and that is uh, Peter from Australia. Oh, before I do that, I should say stackybenjamins.com slash Haven Life is where you go. Get your life insurance done, people, and then listen to Peter from Australia.
2: G'day, mate. My name's Peter from Australia. So I'm down here in my Speedo, about to put a shrimp on the barbie, and crikey, I spilled the fosters all over my financial plan. Anyway, both my little
0: joeys have left the pouches. Wait, before we finish this, is he from Australia, or...
1: Charlotte I felt like it was a
0: little... <laughs> There was also a little Mississippi thrown in there. There there
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's from South Australia. The Bible Belt down by Melbourne. I didn't
2: hear it. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't hear that. Anyway, we'll finish. Let's finish. We say down here in Australia. Not only that, but they both graduated from Brisbane University, which is definitely a real university. Very proud of them, as they're both off the work <laughs> now. Now it's Colonel Sanders. One is designing Bloomin' Onions at Outback Steakhouse, and the other is uh, protecting babies from dangoes. But here's my question. I've got too many dollars left in their 529 plan. What should I do with all those jolly green giants I got stashed away in there? And don't forget about my free T-shirt. I'm an XL in the chest and biceps and a small in the waist. Have you got one of those? Send it straight away. I got some
0: East Coast.
1: Then I got a little, a little bit of... Uh, was there a Scottish? Got some Scotland.
2: Maybe his parents are very diverse. They're from different... Multinational.
1: Such a sh- smorgasbord of accents. It was hard to... The fact that they come in and
0: out is the weird piece. I've never heard I don't think it's appropriate
2: just... for us to be speaking ill of a listener who's calling in with a very serious question. And the question and is... And just wants a t-shirt. He just wants a t-shirt. You can tell. <laughs>
0: the question i i I just figured out the game i just figured out the game is this is this one good enough for a t-shirt i don't know know. what i do know is oh gee this is a very good question it's definitely good enough for a t-shirt send the damn t-shirt this is a very good question which is uh you got money left in the 529 plans the kids hypothetically the fin turn we'll call them And uh, maybe the former intern, Tucker, the intern, have left the nest for Peter in Australia. And there might be some money left in a specific example to choose. Might be some money left in the 529 plan. What do you do?
1: Well, there's a couple of things that you can do. Firstly, if you have an expenses that you didn't expense, so to speak, to your 529, you can kind of use that. But it's only going to be, you know, only if you haven't used it. If you take the money out, you're going to pay taxes on the amount that you uh, grew it by. So, whatever the profit is, plus a penalty for not using it for school, which could be okay. If you invested a long time ago, it could be, you know, just a capital gains tax plus 10%. And, you know, off you go. It's your money. You could leave it and use it for some other purpose grad school, law school, medical school for those kids, or uh, change it to, your name and go to a cooking school or Spanish school or whatever you want to do. I think probably the best thing if you have the flexibility financially is let it sit there. I don't mean let it sit there in cash, get it back invested. Cause if you've if you've followed what we talk about from a 529 standpoint, it's probably pretty conservative by the time your kid gets done with school. Right. So as you get closer and closer to using the money, it gets more and more conservative. And then you don't need the cash. So it's probably sitting there very conservative. Well get it back invested. And now let's think about it as that kid's education, family kind of trust account, if you will, because you can change the beneficiary to, you know, to another person down the line. And if you have a child that is just done with school, maybe they don't have any kids yet. Maybe they're not even thinking about having any kids. I mean, it could be 20, 30 years of that money sitting there growing before, you know, the next generation needs it. So... That's super exciting. If you have the financial flexibility, I would say, I would say, leave it.
0: Yeah, that could be super exciting for a family. We talk about, you know, building generational wealth, giving the next generation a head start on their education. OG, pretty, pretty cool gift.
1: Yeah, there are some people that think that the way school is structured is going to be a lot different in the future. I kind of agree with that. Like in terms of costs and and that sort of thing, we've seen a lot of, um, I don't know, for lack of a better term, revolution on that. So I think it will be different, but still it's ta you know, if you don't need the money, it's still tax deferred until you decide to to use it in the future. So there's no harm in letting it sit there. You can you can it's hard to get back in. It's easy to take is out. there
0: a specific age that you have to change up beneficiaries by or, or change the ownership by?
1: No, you're gonna want to work with your tax person and your state planning attorney if you wanted to change the ownership, because that's kind of more complicated because that's That kind of sounds a lot more like a gift type of thing. But technically, if you think about it, the money is already a gift, and it technically is owned by the person. It's a a unique type of account in that if you did the same thing with an UTMA account, right? So you said, I'm going to put $5,000 a year into my kid's UTMA, which existed prior to 529s. At 18, the money becomes the kids, right? And you just hope that they use it for college. In a 529, the money always stays yours. But it's not yours; <laughs> it's it's theirs. But you're the owner. But you can't use it. But you can direct it. But you really can't. You know, it's like it's like a whole it's a smorgasbord of tax law. So, if you did want to change the ownership, make sure you get with your attorney and uh, tax person before you do that, because there'll be some some ramification, perhaps. But you can change the beneficiary once a year. Anybody you want? Well, not anybody. It's got to be within an extended family tree. But basically, anybody.
0: Doug, just a random question for you. Are there any other questions you think Peter maybe should have asked that he didn't ask?
2: I don't, I mean, I don't have any insight into Peter's really smart brain, but uh, no, I think OG covered it. There's no time her, uh, expiration, like you c- it could sit there for
1: 50 years. So far, there's no time expiration. could sit there for 50 years. Until...
2: Highly, I would imagine this is something that's highly subject to you know laws that get passed.
1: Yeah, I mean, like everything, generally, I wouldn't
0: bank on the future the the law being changed if you're already in there. I mean, there's only been a couple times in history where you you weren't quote grandfathered in with money that was already there.
1: It's such a new product, you know, relative yeah. to the expanse of time. I mean, look at look at four hundred one ks are still barely fifty years old at this point.
0: Next question I have OG which is a tough one is how long does it take us to get a t-shirt to Australia especially when we don't know the address. Peter didn't leave his
1: address. Yeah or email probably. It's uh it's virtually impossible. So we got to work
2: on this. There's a I mean can we get Gertrude on this somebody we got to no, track down to have her waste her
1: valuable time.
0: Peter. Yes. Done, yeah.
1: You know. I think that, I think he's just happy enough that we answered it. We should probably just let that one go.
0: Thanks for the question, Peter. It, what do I have
2: to do to get a t-shirt?
0: Wherever you are, Peter. Thank you. Doug's random blow up. We apologize for that, Peter. Thanks for the question. If you've got a question, you want us to throw out the Haven Lifeline to you. StackyBenjamins.com slash voicemail is the place to go. And if you leave us your address and are truthful about who's calling in, well, then we'll send you a t-shirt. It's fantastic. Hey, that's going to do it for this show. We've got a bunch of fun stuff happening here in the basement uh, coming up. Beginning again this week on uh, Wednesdays, today, this afternoon, we are going to have an Instagram Live. I often I often head to Instagram, sometimes talking about fintech, sometimes talking to guests of the show. We're also going to be an uh, OG Fireside just reopened up. We're not going to be doing the show anymore on Fireside. However, some of our headline interviews, if you want to talk to some of our headline people, the 201 is a great place to be our newsletter because we will be emailing people to tell you when we're going to be doing these interviews. And you can ask some of these experts. We normally have the, a lot of our experts in our headline segment. We'll be talking to them on Fireside. We'll do the interview for the headlines that you'll hear pieces of in the show but then you can also ask them whatever questions you may have. So, stackybenchments.com slash 201 for that, and join me on Instagram uh, this afternoon. If you hit the follow button, it'll let you know when we go live. Last, but definitely not least, if you're concerned about the market and the chatter around recession, well, OG and his team have put together a free guide that shares eight moves to make in a down market. And this guide will help you plan more. And panic less no matter what the market does. So head over to stackingbenjamins.com slash guide and get this helpful free guide from OG. Thanks for that, Mr. OG. That's going to do it for today. Coming up on Friday, Caleb Gilliams joins us as well as who is our contributor? Who's going to be helping us out on Fridays while Paula Pant is away for the next uh, nine or ten months? We're going to have both Caleb who brought it the first time he was here from better wealth. Just fantastic young man. OG, just a fantastic young man, quality dude. And, uh, Diana Miriam joins us. Mom's cousin, Diana and the mystery person who's going to be with us for the next uh, nine or 10 months. That's going to do it for today. Hey, Doug, I got a question for you, man. What's your question, Joe? What should we have learned today? Well, Joe, first, take some advice from
2: Richie Norton. Stop prioritizing your time and start prioritizing your focus. Second, does the investment you want have the word leveraged in it? Time to do some studying before pressing that buy button. Or, you know, just walk away. But the big lesson? I didn't know you could buy Stonehenge. I'm gonna go get on eBay and see what else I can grab. Let me see here. Uh, oh, uh, Cliffs of Insanity. Nope. Uh, oh, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Ah, no. Uh, King's Landing. Oh, God. Oh, but wait. It says here I can buy the Statue of Liberty. It's only six inches tall? I could have sworn it was taller than that. It looks taller than pictures. Thanks to Richie Norton for joining us today. You can find his book, Anti-Time Management, anywhere you waste your time. We'll also include links in our show notes at StackingBenjamins.com. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, Copyright 2022, and is created by Joe High. Our producer is Karen Repine. The show is written by the brilliant Paulette Perhatch, with help from Joe, me, and Doc G from the Earn & Invest podcast. After you listen to our show, check out the 201 Deep Dives written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. You'll find the 411 on all things money at the 201. Just go to stackingbenjamins.com slash 201. Once we bottle up all this goodness, we ship it to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart. Steve helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to chat with friends about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is our social media coordinator and the room mother in our Facebook group called The Basement. So say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. Both she and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time
0: With summer coming to a close, maybe closed, it's feeling very fallish here in Texarkana. I can't wait to get the solo stove out. I'm watching like the low temperatures because I just-
2: The solo stove is replacing the trip to Bavaria story or the Citadel. We got a,
0: we, we got a solo stove. If you want to sponsor this- real Joe? Stove, Joe a solo so, stove? Solo stove goes, hey, we're getting the milk for free. This is the not first sh- I've heard of it. <laughs> not sure we need to endorse the cow there, Joe. Uh, but, but I do love my solo stove and that is not a paid endorsement, but, um, but I will say this, it's also the time when theme parks or, you know, life is changing. I just, the day after FinCon as a guy who plays an extrovert and truly needs time alone, one of my favorite places to go to be alone is in a huge crowd of people at Disney What's your favorite roller coaster, OG? At Disney? Anywhere? Yeah, just anywhere. Well,
1: I've been to Cedar Point in probably twenty-five years, so I got to take all those off the board. But um, probably the Snow White ride. Oh, and our Toy is, Story is pretty good. It's
0: so fun. Yeah, the Toy Story ride is great as
1: well. Like with the little shooter things.
0: Doug, have you have you ridden any roller coasters lately, or uh, been to a theme yeah. park?
2: I love roller coasters actually, and the last time I've been to a theme park. Fintern was really young. That was kind of crimping my ability to, to get on roller coasters. I went to one at. Wally world. Wally world. Yeah. I went to Wally and world. You, and you wrote it with the security guard. Big heavy dude next to me. John, John Candy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. I like roller coasters a lot. I just couldn't, it's been so long. I couldn't tell you like, if I put a name out there, aficionados would scoff.
0: I got to tell you, there's a roller coaster, the new roller coaster at Epcot, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. I have never ridden a ride that is a roller coaster like this. I've never ridden one this good. I've heard the Velociraptor over at Universal's fantastic. But this roller coaster, you know, they have those roller coasters where, you know, and these are at like carnivals where they take the bucket the riders are in. And they set it loose. So when it goes around a corner, the bucket kind of starts spinning. So you got the roller coaster moving and the bucket that you're sitting in spins. This is not like that, but the bucket you're sitting in still does move differently than the roller coaster does, but it does it on a, it does it with, I don't know, like a motor or something. So the roller coaster is going in a straight line and all the riders will turn to the left, or they'll turn to the right. You'll go around a corner, and sometimes when you go around to the, a corner, a corner goes to the right, you will go to the left so that you get this completely different feeling when you go around the corner. Or maybe you go harder to the right, where you feel like you're really leaning into it. That part is really cool. What's even more cool is, when you go into this roller coaster, there's this whole thing about the planet that they're from, and that, that there's this big bad guy who's taken over the planet, And during the pre-show, they have you in this room where they're going to beam you up to their spaceship and you're standing in this room and then these lights come on above you and you see, you know, there's all these noises and all this stuff like you're about to be beamed up and then the lights go out and they go, it was successful. And the lights turn back on and you are in a completely different room. Like the room has completely changed around you. It was the most bizarre thing the first time I went through it because everything just changed. You totally feel like you've you're in a completely different place you get on the roller coaster there's this big big bad guy on this huge screen in front of you and the guardians of the galaxy show up this is right at the beginning of the ride and your little uh bucket turns around so it's faced backwards so you're watching it behind you this big guy who's about to kill the earth and at the last second he says what's that horrible noise like in this horrible you know
1: australian accent
0: a horrible Australian accent, right? <laughs> that, that sometimes is Midwestern, sometimes Southern, sometimes British. You don't know. I think I'm going to need that but hug. He, What's this horrible noise? Then the main guy, Star-Lord, says, what do you mean horrible noise? That's rock and roll. And there's no way in hell you're ever going to kill rock and roll. And a song starts, and this is where the rod guys gets really cool. It's a different song every time that they play. The first time I wrote it, I was rocking out to Blondie in my ears one way or another. And, and, and they've got, you know, the characters are going on and there's supposedly some plot. Going. All I'm doing is rocking out to Blondie while this roller coaster going around. And it was so damn fun. And then the second time it was, um, disco inferno. There's, Few things more fun than riding this roller coaster. It just—it was such a surprise. Like the ride starts is different every time, and there's things that happen during the ride. Sometimes the ride stops. Sometimes it doesn't. It was two different rides. I rode it twice. It was—it was amazing. If you get a chance, OG, to get to, uh, to get to Epcot or Doug, you get a chance to get to Epcot. Not only can you drink your way around the world like you did last time. Oh, I'm in now. Oh, there's nothing more fun. OG knows this. The drinking your way around the world at Epcot.
1: Except the sake. That is nasty.
0: You could have said no. You could have said no. But OG's not a quitter. They can't see your head shaking, no. Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month that I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do.